Welcome to the Creative Careers in Medicine podcast with your host, Dr. Dana Pung, and myself, Dr. Elise Hutt. Join us as we talk to inspiring clinicians who have redefined their careers. Hello, and welcome back to another Creative and Careers Medicine podcast. We are doing our reflections behind the podcast mic episode. And I am Dr. Dana Pung, one of the co-hosts of the podcast, and I have with me Dr. Elise Putt, my co-host, also the founder, Dr. Amandit Hansra. And today we have a very special guest, Mr. Peter Birch from Talking Health Tech. So Peter plays a very important role for us in CCIM podcast. He is basically helping us with a lot of the back-end things such as advising us on how to optimize our podcast episodes and Peter and his team assist us with a lot of the editing. So we very, very much appreciate all of Peter's and his team's hard work. And also, thank you so much for being here today and joining us on this episode. Thanks, Dana. It's exciting to not be hiding behind the scenes awkwardly through all the CCIM episodes. And I'll tell you more about that process in a bit. But thanks so much for having me. Elise and Amandi, would you like to say hi? Yeah. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year and welcome to a very exciting 2024. And I think this is a great episode to kick off the year. And yeah, we've got Elise here as well. So the whole gang here this morning. Yeah. Hello. I'm very excited to hear this episode. I have a lot of questions for Pete. I don't exactly know what he does, but he's a very integral part to this show. So I'm keen to hear about it myself. So to kick things off, Pete, can you please tell us more about Talking Health Tech? Sure thing. Thank you. Me personally, I've worked within healthcare, not as a clinician for the past 20 something years, I believe, in different operations and general management roles. Actually, in my very early 20s, used to host a lot of community radio shows. So that's where I first got into this whole podcasting vibe. I was hosting an underground Aussie metal radio show from about 2001 to 2007. So for all the Swedish melodic death metal and Norwegian black metal fans out there, hit me up. But there's not a great deal of money in underground metal scene, by the way, if you were interested. But doing all of that, I was working within different healthcare organizations, running clinics, so as a general manager, but then working for health tech startups from about 2016 onwards. And I started the Talking Health Tech podcast in about 2018. And I thought it was just a great opportunity to try and broadcast some of the conversations I was having within the ecosystem because it felt like within the industry of healthcare technology that a lot of people keep ideas close to their chests and everyone's a little bit insulated and siloed. So what a great platform to give it a go and maybe meet a few other people. And it continued to evolve to a point now where Talking Health Tech has become my full-time thing about three and a half years ago. The podcast itself, we've released over 400 episodes over the last five years and there's a bunch of other things we do, but we've also built out the Talking Health Tech Podcast Network. So we're producing content for other amazing healthcare innovation, delivery, and anything in between relating to healthcare under the podcast network. Now we have, I believe, eight or nine shows, depending on when this comes out, a few more shows being released in 2024, just around the corner. And some of them are really specific around GP education. We've got one about investing in life sciences, a bunch of other shows. But of course, My favorite, of course, is the CCIM podcast, which we've been (laughs) producing, which obviously existed before Talking Health Tech. So Amandeep and the team have been running it for quite a while, but uh, we picked it up a season or two ago, I believe. So yeah. Thanks. We'll slip you the money later. Pete, thanks for saying we're your favorites. (laughs) We always like to hear that. And what a change in career from like 
metal and all the way into health? Like, how does that work? Yeah, like it's interesting. Occasionally, I do feel like sometimes the stuff I'm doing within Talking Health Tech is a little bit similar to what I was doing in the underground metal radio stuff. And again, that was back in the day when podcasting wasn't really a thing at all, but going into the community radio station, putting on CDs that bands have sent me, doing interviews, being able to go backstage to gigs. That was really cool when you've got no money being able to go to an event. And that was probably the biggest perk. But I guess working within healthcare generally, you end up doing a lot of networking, going to events, meeting some remarkable people. And one of the reasons why the CCIM podcast is indeed my favorite within the podcast network is because there's such interesting people working within healthcare. And there's people like myself that you work within the space, but then you pull from the other rando things that you've done in your life to make your own path. And that's what I've done. And it's some days feels like you're winning, some days it feels like you're losing and you kind of land in between every day. But yeah, it's a bit of an amalgamation of the bits and pieces that I've done over the last whatever period of time. Thank you so much. We are very grateful to have you on our team helping us through the back end side of things. I'm going to now hand the mic over to our founder, our boss, management, <laughs> Dr. Amandine Hansra. God, I don't think I could ever consider myself management or executive. I don't think we're quite big enough. I think this is like our team right here on the podcast today. So thank you so much again, Pete, for being part of this. It was really exciting when Elise came on and said that she wanted to um, reinvigorate our podcast after we'd taken a little bit of break during COVID. And and I thought, oh my God, the overwhelming thoughts of trying to do all of the editing, the publishing, the back end was quite scary. And then I remembered I'd been listening to your podcast for so long and I thought, wow, there's an expert right there and we might just leverage your skills to help us. And it's been really such a synergistic sort of partnership. And as you've said, you've grown this network and now you've got other sort of health-related podcasts in the Talking Health Tech Network. So I think it just all makes sense that we're meant to come together. And I'm, I will be asking you a little bit about what happens behind the scenes. And I'm also curious as to whether you have to sit and listen through all of our recordings and some of your takeaways from that. But I would love to first hear from our actual podcast hosts who get to interview some really interesting and varied speakers across our CCIM podcast. I only imagine, and I'm thinking for you, Elise, and you too, Dana, but Elise is newer to podcasting that you probably would have never imagined to be talking to people like this at this point in your career. People from all different stages in their career as well. Obviously, we've got some people still junior, but obviously some very senior healthcare innovators and leaders. And yeah, so tell me a little bit about more recently some of the episodes that have stood out for you that have been moments where you go, wow, did not expect to be sitting here having this conversation. I think for me, the biggest one, which was the first one that we released this season, was Dr. Carl, which was actually very early on in my days of recording. But Dr. Carl is definitely someone that I never pictured I would sit down with and talk to, nor did I think that he would even reply to my email when I emailed him and asked him to come on the show. So having that opportunity, having that time, not just from him, but from everyone that's come on the show, you get this real one-on-one -on -one sort of connection that I can't really think of any other context where I'd get that. But it does also go to show you, I know I have a reason to be asking these people, but people are pretty generous with their time. Most of our guests stay and have a bit of a chat before and after the episode. So I get to have they give me their time. And not to say that they'd do that for absolutely everyone for no reason, but 
people are still pretty generous with their time. So it's probably if there's someone out there that you're like, I could really learn from that person, worth asking. And does it feel like you're sometimes getting one-on-one coaching and advice? Because I think one of the episodes I listened to recently, Dana was like, oh, I feel like I just had a coaching session myself. (laughs) But for the benefit of the whole audience, do you feel like that sometimes, Elise? Or is there any people that you've interviewed where you felt like, oh my God, that advice that you've just given is something I'm going to take away personally and do something with? Definitely. I think it goes both ways because I definitely ask questions that are relevant to me personally. I'm trying to ask questions that are relevant to a wider audience, but I definitely cling to the things in their story that feel relevant to me. So I do feel like I'm getting quite one-on-one advice. And especially when we've had the guests that are coaches, I'm like, I know how much like half an hour to an hour of your time would cost. I feel like I'm getting that for free right now. Hey, I think I want to be the next host. I could do with some free coaching. (laughs) And I guess it's just that time of the year where there's a bit of reflection going on. And I guess for both you and Dana, and Dana will be interested in your thoughts on this. Have there been people that you've interviewed recently where you've gone, actually, that's really helped me think about what I'm going to do this year, set my priorities or change certain behaviors or embark on a mission that I hadn't thought about before? Like, has there been anyone that's influenced you that way? Yeah, absolutely. Two spring to mind. Most recent episodes I did was with Dr. Ash Coxon and then Dr. Carlo Bellini. And with Ash, I've recorded several podcast episodes with Ash and it's, I feel like I'm all friends with her now. And this is just the privilege of being a podcast host. You develop a relationship with the guests that you interview. And as a perk, I also draw a lot of career planning tips from Dr. Coxon. So that was really helpful. But what really inspired me was Dr. Bellini. His energy, it really just came through his voice, the video feed, it just was so inspiring. And I had not felt so motivated about setting intentions for a new year in a very long time. And he got me really excited. Yeah, that was the one I just listened to today. Yeah, I listened to that one today, got myself really pumped. (laughs) I don't normally do New Year's resolutions. And then this year when I listened to Mm. that, I was like, I need goals. I need short-term goals. I need (laughs) long-term goals. I need goals for every aspect of my life. Yeah. yeah, and and I guess the cool thing is because he's going to be at the Creative Careers in Medicine conference this year, which we'll talk about more in, in a moment, but he's going to be there. So I'm 100% going to be attending his session and writing notes. Yeah, he's pretty amazing. But it also shows me how much in medicine we don't get taught that importance and the benefit of having a coach. It was not anything that ever had been spoken to me about during med school or my early years. And actually only really heard about coaches when I moved into the corporate sector and I was working in large corporates. And everybody that I knew that was a senior leader had what they called an executive coach. And I'm like, what the hell is that? Why are these people that are CEOs and really like senior leaders that I look up to all having coaches? And I realize it's not something you have when it's not like you go to them only when you're broken or you need help. It's like it optimizes your performance and really helps you achieve those goals, feel inspired, motivated, really understand some of your behaviors that are benefiting you and others that are disadvantaging you. And it's only when I started CCIM and I met all these doctors turned into coaches 
And I'm like, wow, everyone should be mandated in medicine to have a coach because I can see the huge benefits that it can provide to people where they're starting to feel a bit burnt out, a bit lost, a bit confused about where to go to next. So we certainly will be looking forward to Carlo's talk and obviously having Ash as well. We've got a whole bunch of coaches coming to CCIM 2024, which is very exciting. Do you yourself have a coach, Amandi? Oh my God, great question. I've had coaches in at various times in my career where I felt like I've needed it. So I've had brief stints where, you know, for a few months, if I'm about to do a career shift or a career change, I had coaches or I've had coaches very specifically for if I'm trying to get a particular type of role, they've been really helpful for that. So I've certainly used them over my career. I don't have one that I've used forever, but it's always finding time, (laughs) finding time and prioritizing it. But that was actually one of my things for this year where we're talking about New Year's resolutions. I'm not really a resolution person either, but I was like, I really want to optimize my career and what I do and how I operate from a work perspective. And I think it'd be great to engage with a really good coach. So you're definitely Mm. on the lookout. But the problem is I know most of the coaches personally now, so Mm. I might have to find someone a little bit outside of the medical sector. Yeah. Yeah. You might have to go like Tony Robbins level maybe. maybe. I don't know if I'm quite ready for that or I could afford it, but it would be very (laughs) exciting. It was just something interesting I was thinking about. As I was listening to the episodes, I realized that there are like themes that come through in the podcast and words that get said again and again. And I don't know if I'm just searching for those words, but, you know, lots of people talking about serendipity during their careers, people talking about creativity or feeling trapped or being on a conveyor belt, wanting to step off. And I realize these people don't know each other. We don't feed them any of this, but we keep hearing those same sorts of themes and terms as we go through the podcast. I'm just curious with you guys interviewing, like, are there themes or words that you hear frequently where you're starting to see the connection between all of these people with very different career paths, but they've got the same journey or they've been through the same emotions to get there. Elise? I mean, the first thing that came to my mind is that burnout seems like a very common theme, which is an unfortunate thing for that to be the first thing to come to my mind. But I do think that is often the way that people in medicine realize that what they're doing doesn't work for them. And I think that kind of ties back into not having coaches. You're not taught to really think about what you want. You're put on this conveyor belt that you're not then going and figuring out what works for you. You're just fitting into the mold that doesn't work for you. And until it breaks you, you don't really stop to think about what else you do. But I found that quite interesting probably also from the coaching episodes that a few of the guests have touched on really reflecting on what matters to them and prioritizing them. And a lot of the time that was things completely outside of their career as well that really shaped their career. A lot of the decisions were made based on family or wanting to move countries or wanting to pursue a certain hobby. But then it's ended up in all of these really admirable places career-wise. And I think you wouldn't necessarily hear that commonly, oh, prioritize your life, prioritize these other things, because all these people that we're having on have achieved incredible things career-wise. But yeah, I think it's all about focusing on what you find passion in. And a lot of the times people are doing that on top of whatever else they're doing, more traditionally, medically, career-wise, but then ending up in these really amazing, different, unique positions. Yeah. And I was just remembering listening to Honor's podcast, and she's working for 
Komodo Health in the US. And I think she said that she was just so excited by the fact that she got to have lunch every day. And it really stuck with me because I was like, I don't know, in any other kind of career where we would be so excited about the fact that we found a job where we can eat lunch, lunch and exercise really stuck out to me. Dana, what kinds of themes do you see coming through? What are you hearing when you're talking to these people that kind of makes you think, oh, there's some similarities here? I find that typically the very interesting and diverse career has risen from, I think the right word you said earlier was serendipity. It wasn't necessarily by design. They tend to have fallen into it. But I think what I take from that is it's quite important to keep our eyes open and our hearts as well open to opportunities things will come our way and if we don't keep a lookout for them that opportunity might pass or if we are held back by doubt or fear that opportunity might pass so a lot of these people have just gone I don't know I'll give it a go anyway and see what happens and great things happen Yeah, there definitely is that theme of just seeing where life is going to take you, but being open to those opportunities because I think it's very easy to feel trapped. And if you're so used to operating a certain way in the medical world, stepping out of that can be quite daunting and scary. But if you feel like you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain, I think it makes it less scary because what's the worst that can happen is you can turn around and go back to how you were traditionally running your career I'm interested, Pete, have you been listening to these podcasts and what kind of sticks out for you? Like, is this something that you identify with when you listen? Because you're like, okay, these are actual themes that are not just unique to doctors. Yeah, well, absolutely. And and I think I've listened to all of them from start to finish and not just because I need to, but because I thoroughly enjoy the episodes and I wasn't paid for that one. I've hit my quota for paid in just now I'm joking. But you're right in that uh, a lot of it does resonate with me as a non-clinician. I don't even think it would matter if I worked in healthcare or not because I'm reflecting on all the discussions. For some reason in my head, by the way, I can't get out the part, uh, at least what, what did Ben Bravery say about pandas? For some reason, I, I feel like I, I learned a lot about pandas that mate by urinating upside down or something like this. Anyway, so I learned lots of interesting things on the CCIM podcast. But one thing that does stand out to me is not so much about commonalities, but I feel like everyone just lent into their path, just did things and continued to progress, whether you fail or whether it was a success, you just roll with it. Or do it for the plot, in inverted commas, is my new kind of theme for 2024. So sometimes there's opportunities that come up and you might think, is this the right thing to do or is it not? When in doubt, do it for the plot because it gives you experience and you can lean into that and probably opens up an opportunity that brings those moments of serendipity that we mentioned. So I would at least think that that can provide reassurance to some people that they're some kind of reassurance or at least confidence in making a decision because it's like that. If I go this direction, I feel like I'm trading off this. Or if I go this way, which one is the right one? You're obviously not going to know. But if you lean all into it and just give it a good crack and do it for the plot, then it's you kind of build your own path and can combine the two, whether it's your hobby and your profession. And all those amazing people that are going to be speaking at CCAM24 have all brought those things together, not just technology. It could be in the career, in the artistic space or whatever it might be. I think there's moments of reflection. Everyone seems to be pretty good at being reflective at some point, going, okay, I took stock of what's going on and then thought, this is what I'm going to do now. So it's finding that balance of just doing things and but also looking back and going, okay, what does this all mean now? What can I do with it? And often that means you might be carving your own path. So for me, for example, doing the podcast and making it my full-time thing, 
if I was in my early 20s and didn't have a Sydney mortgage and no children, then if it's just impacting me, I'm kind of like, oh, I'll give it like, what's the big problem? I can't fall back as a clinician and just get a, at a role somewhere else. But also I could probably, to that point that you mentioned, I had that long conversation to myself when I left full-time employment to doing talking health tech full-time was what is the worst that's going to happen legitimately? You know, it's drilled into you throughout your career that, well, you need to support the family and pay the mortgage. And But in the end, if it didn't work out, then, you know, there's, I'm capable enough. I'm able to find something. You build those networks and just back yourself. And that I think is a theme that is relevant, not just to clinicians and not even people in the healthcare industry. Yeah, that's great feedback, Pete. And I, I love your mantra for 2024. I think for me now, reaching where I am in my career, I've decided this year it's really important to pick the right people to work with. And I feel like it doesn't matter what you do in a sense, as long as you're doing it with an amazing bunch of people who are fun to be around, to inspire you, who help you learn, continuously grow, then you pretty much can do anything. So I am now looking very deliberately at making sure that I surround myself with people that I absolutely love working with because life's too short to be miserable and to work with assholes. So that's my new rule for 2024. But I'm also curious, Pete, tell us a little bit about what's the magic that happens behind the scenes. We all just chat here and then we just give you our chat <laughs> and then suddenly it's really professional and polished and out comes this great podcast episode. <laughs> you can't edit my words, unfortunately, but apart from that, everything else you can do magic too. So tell us a little bit about the process behind the scenes. Sure thing. Well, there's AI these days that we probably could you edit probably your voice, could. So, but let's not use that. Yeah. So in terms of the process, I think you mentioned earlier that, you know, and Dana would know this as well, doing a podcast there's all this kind of messy crap on either side of the actual conversation that you have and, and all of the pre-work that both Elise and Dana do. That's still a lot of work that you guys do prior in understanding the guests and who to speak to and scheduling and all that kind of stuff. And we do actually do some of that stuff for some of our shows in the network too. So we provide this podcast agency style service, but only for like particular shows that align nicely with this healthcare space. So we've got a production team of three and soon to be four, just starting to be four production people behind the scenes now. And one of them does most of the audio edits. I think Josh will probably do this one. So g'day Josh, how you going? And we can usually then and it's the usual thing. So what started is quite a messy process where I was doing a lot of the editing for, I was editing all of the Talking Health Tech podcast episodes up to about 150 or something like this. And you, you just watch a lot of YouTube videos and trial and error. I actually found though, the editing process was a really good way to improve my own public speaking and my interview styles, because you're forced to sit there and take out all of your ums and ahs and your gaps and the you know, saying amazing after everything that someone says and, okay, maybe I won't say amazing every time. I'll try and find different ways to acknowledge what they say. So I do recommend to someone, if they are starting a podcast, go at the editing because you'll learn a lot about how you, talk, or at the very least, listen back from start to finish, no matter how awkward it might feel, you get better over time. We've now got processes and procedures and ways to then streamline a lot of what we do. And gradually, as I've been doing everything behind the scenes, been able to outsource or at least hand over to team members to say, hey, this chunk of the editing, you do this. And now only over the Christmas period, we've standardized another big chunk of the process, which I was doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but we're kind of just doing a lot of trial and error and go, okay, this is now in a way that I feel comfortable in working with someone. And we did a lot of shadowing and reviewing, but we've given forms, funky acronyms because I'm a big operations guy at heart from back in the day. So we've got our 
ERF, our episode release form, and our IPF, our interview prep form, and Slack notifications that go off when people fill things out. So we've got a pretty well-oiled machine, but that doesn't mean, I guess, for anyone that is looking at doing a podcast, because podcasting is such a great platform for your own personal network in finding connections, but also helping you solidify some of your thinking, but also obviously a personal branding exercise to be able to then talk about what you do. You don't need all the fancy processes and procedures. I think over time, you need to do that if you're going to do a lot of podcasts like we do. But honestly, a lot of people can start a podcast with a phone or a Zoom account and kind of some clever Googling and go from there. It's not as easy as that. But if you're really passionate about starting a podcast, if you are held back by, oh, there's all this heavy lifting that needs to be done behind the scenes, I'd encourage you to give it a good crack or get in touch with me. (laughs) I was going to ask that actually, Pete, was to say, can people get in touch with you if they want to learn or they want to have you do the back end for them? Because we get asked a lot in CCIM for people wanting to run their own podcasts. I actually have a, I'll put it in the show notes of this episode, um, webinar that I did recently that's just available for free on YouTube, which is called You Should Totally Start a Podcast, which was basically like, this is the different tools you can use. So whether it's virtual platforms, here's some equipment, some basic equipment that we use. Here's if you want to go the high end. So it's like the low, middle, high type thing. That's due for a refresh. I think I recorded that in about 2020 slash 2021 but still quite relevant and I'll put that in the notes. And I think we'll probably be sharing something like that at CCIM24 as well. Yeah, there is actually a great session on podcasting at CCIM, which you might see some of the people in this podcast at that session running it. So come along and definitely learn about podcasting if that's something of interest. The final thing we wanted to touch on today, something very exciting since we've been running CCIM, we've been working very hard in expanding people's skill sets in different areas outside of just clinical work. And obviously, we've helped people become podcast hosts, as you can see on this episode. But we've also helped people in organizing events. And Elise, I'd love to hear your reflections now that you're a podcast host and an event manager. Of what's it been like behind the scenes at CCIM 2024? Yeah, it's definitely broadened my skill set. That's for sure. I feel like in the last year, I've learned so many things that even just the simple things of, I don't know if I'd scheduled a Zoom Google call before working for CCIM. Wow. So the very, it's a very important skill to have. The very, very simple skills, but all of the little software that you use that just does not get used in a hospital. Canva. Canva. I feel like I unleashed a beast with you and Canva. <laughs> yeah, suddenly we were like getting inundated with Elise's like Canva creations, which I loved, but it was like she had to test out the whole platform. It was amazing. Yeah, I do get in trouble for using Canva too much. But the event side of things has been a completely different ball game altogether. So the podcast initially, when I first started looking into it, I started trying to watch videos like what Pete said of how you actually make it. And then when I was like, oh, Pete's going to be doing all of that. I don't need to know what happens. I just need to know how to log in and how to not sound ridiculous behind a microphone. I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts that I like in a different way. Like I really like the Dua Lipa Service 95 podcast and I always find her really engaging. So I'd listen to her episodes being like, how does she introduce them? What does she actually say? Podcast aside, the event stuff has been quite crazy. I think I underestimated every single part of it and I probably underestimate parts of it still, but there's putting on a conference is a huge, huge feat. It's very exciting. I'm enjoying it, but it is definitely a lot of coordination. You have to know a whole heap of different skills 
from building partnerships and managing the finances and liaising with people from all lines of work gives you a great insight into all the other jobs and what people charge for different things like event management and event styling, AV, all things that I didn't really know that you'd pay for. But we had a really interesting experience today where we tried to get a quote for those little kiosks that you have at events where you go and scan your QR code and it prints out your badge. And we thought, oh, we'd be super cool and we'll get these little kiosks. Little did we know that the quote came back. It was about $6,000 just to get one of those kiosks at the event. And we're like, something as simple as that, you don't realize how much, like all the little tiny logistics that go into organizing a conference or an event. And obviously a lot of medical people like getting into events, lots of obviously medical conferences. And sometimes people do them overseas. I don't know how they do them overseas. We're struggling just to do them in our own city. But Elise today was working on a budget, updating a budget. It's not something you get taught in medical school either. (laughs) Marketing, social media, figuring out how to get max maximum reach for things. It's certainly been an interesting experience, but it's good because you get to moonlight in different roles outside of being a doctor and really getting to see what kinds of jobs other people do full-time for a living. So, Dana, have you ever organized an event before? You have. Lots, through medical school and then after that. I did the pre-internship conference, print conference when it was around a few years ago. I did a couple of years of that as well. And Elise, if at some point you plan a wedding, you'll find all these skills really handy. I can vouch for that. (laughs) Yes. It's even like figuring out entertainment, drinks, like how many drinks will people have? Yeah. So it's good to know, Elise, if you need to plan a wedding. I certainly won't be having any more of those, but you probably will. That's It's good to know it's not going to go to waste. All my friends are getting married at the moment and seeing the budgets on weddings, I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. Yeah, (laughs) might just elope for that one. I could spend that on a really big holiday. Yeah, so, okay, CCIM 2024. Dana, what are you most excited to see or who are you most excited to hear from? So many amazing speakers. I am also quite torn, especially for the breakout sessions. I'm like, ah, I wish I could go to all of them. Honestly, I'm just looking forward to the entire two days of creative careers in medicine. Yeah, great. Elise, what are you looking forward to? I think I'm most excited for the social, which feels a bit like it undermines all of the planning that we've done (laughs) because we have so many exciting things planned. But that feels like the peak of the creative space. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the party too. Pete, what are you looking forward to apart from the podcasting section? Yeah, I'm looking forward to being in person because I've not been to an in-person CCIM thing before and I was a bit involved in the virtual one yeah. or a couple that you did through COVID and just the speakers, like the people involved in the CCIM community, the people that you get to come and speak is just evidenced on the podcast and just being able to meet some of these amazing individuals in person and and not even just about the speakers themselves, but about those that are interested in doing a little bit more there, working with it's just the the right kind of vibe and I'd love to just be there and absorb some of the insights and gain some insights for myself too because I'm always learning so looking forward to that no that's great definitely vibe is the thing to describe it just has a different vibe to any other conference that you get to go to and I think that's a reflection of the type of people that turn up the people who are presenting and the people who are attending there's a lot of hope and optimism and excitement for the future lots of creativity 
and everyone's just incredibly generous and helpful and wants everyone else to do really well and I just I love that sort of supportive warm and nurturing community that we end up with and I'm also Elise absolutely pumped for the Saturday night party because I think it's actually going to be the team letting their hair down after a very stressful like six months of trying to plan this whole thing for any of our listeners if you haven't bought a ticket yet buy a ticket because we also have limited space it it can't be expanded so if you miss out Dana you'll be pleased to hear we're trying to get the streams recorded so for those people who can't decide you'll get to watch it afterwards but definitely get a seat it's going to be an incredible couple of days and you'll get to meet all of us you might even get to be part of a live podcast episode if you're lucky enough but I just want to say thank you to all the team that have helped so far to get to where it is now and it's going to be the highlight of the year definitely for me and I think for many others as well head to the website and you'll be able to buy tickets through the website you also see all the posts on social media on Facebook on LinkedIn on Instagram and on X so look out for those and you shouldn't miss them we also have a great lineup of speakers from the conference that are going to come on the podcast between now and the conference so you'll get a little taster of what's to come in the next few weeks Yeah, that's fantastic. And if you've got suggestions of people that you think should be on our podcast or you want to be on the podcast, just get in touch. Elise is very tough on who she chooses. Um, No, she's actually quite lovely. But Dana and Elise would love to interview you if you've got a great creative story that you want to tell. So look forward to having more diverse speakers in 2024. Any last words from anyone before we finish our reflections today? Just don't kick me out of the conference because I'm going to be a fangirl and going up to people like Dr. Gillian Farmer and Dr. Tony Gibson and asking for photos with them. Yes, I'm expecting lots of photos, lots of selfies. Elise? No, I am very invested in us recording all the sessions too because I don't know how many of them I'm actually going to make it to and I want to see all of them. Yeah, it's like a wedding though. When you're the organisers of an event, you kind of miss the whole thing because you're running around. So I think we're going to need it recorded for our own benefit. And I always tell people, like when I plan the agendas, the programs for conferences, I actually just design it around what I'm interested in and what (laughs) I'm going to get the most out of. And then the problem is during the day, I never get to sit and enjoy it all. So we will definitely be looking at trying to record what we can so we can reflect back on it. And thanks, Pete, for coming and being a part of this today. So great to hear your voice from usually being behind the scenes and you are an excellent podcast host in your own right. So hopefully we can have you back on our program for more reflections as the year goes on. Yeah, thank you. Look, it's been great to have a discussion here on the show because I do listen to the episodes and it's lovely to be able to speak to all of you and hear those stories and can't wait for CCAM24. Awesome. Well, if you want to meet us all in person, we're all famous people, happy to sign autographs. Come along to CCIM 2024. Buy your tickets now. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening and keep listening and keep supporting CCIM. We're here for you. So thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Creative Careers in Medicine podcast, a proud member of the Talking Health Tech podcast network. Visit the Creative Careers in Medicine website in the show notes of this episode for more resources to help you find the courage, confidence and skills to take control of your career and forge your own unique path. The Creative Careers in Medicine podcast acknowledges the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, water and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to elders past, present and emerging 